Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Motormouth Mosley Radio Show. You have reached the host, the man himself, Motormouth Mosley, calling in from the band cave, the man cave over in Redan, Georgia. Just wanted to holler at y'all tonight, see what's going on in the sports world. Got a lot to address. Got a little football, a little baseball, a little golf. Going to talk about a little bit. Uh, first of all, I want to say thank you for tuning in. If you want to call in, you got something to say, you can always call in. At three four seven nine four five seven nine seven five, you can also join us on uh, on the internet if you want to listen and chat. You can hit us up at Blog Talk Radio forward slash Motormouth Mosley. In either case, I want to thank you for listening in, whether you're listening live or you're listening on an archived version at a later date. Thank you for taking the time to hear what I got to say and support the show. A couple things happened this week. In the sports world, that are a little bit of note. Uh, big trade went down in the NFL. Um, Trent Richardson, roll tide, formerly of Alabama, I think he's in his second second year in the league, was traded from the Cleveland Browns to the Annapolis Colts. The reason why this is significant is because this guy was is a stud of a beast of a running back and. Uh, for Cleveland to give him up, although they got a first-round draft pick for him in next year's draft, it just seemed rather premature and somewhat of a, a panic attack. I, I assume that they're looking at building their future, but, I mean, a sturdy, strong running back is a great foundation to start. Uh, maybe they figure they can get somebody else equal. I looked at their roster, and they got some kid named Bobby Rainey out of Western Kentucky. He's been in the league a couple of years, but uh, he's no Trent Richardson. But for some odd reason, they they felt the need to do it. They did go out and sign Willis McGahee, who had bounced around the league a little bit, played with the uh, Denver Broncos for a while and done well. And uh, no Sean Moreno kind of came in, nudged him out. Uh, They were doing a tandem thing there. But still, um, McGahee's a quality back, uh, especially after having his knee completely blown the other way in college in a national championship game against Ohio State back in, I believe, 2003. Uh, good back, but uh, you would think that they would have stuck with Trent Richardson. Uh, oh, well, in any case, that was one of the highlights of the week. Of course, for Indianapolis, they have to be giddy as a schoolgirl on prom night because, I mean, they got a quality running back. Now they got Andrew Luck. They've got some quality receivers out wide with T.Y. Hilton and uh, – and Wayne, and you just think, okay, well, they're building something there. But uh, giving up a first-round pick next year, which will probably be, I assume that you know they'll have a pretty good year. So it'll probably be something between 15 and and 30 in, in the draft next year. So I don't understand Cleveland's thinking, uh, making this move. But in either case, they you know they pulled the trigger. I'm just happy that Dallas didn't do something like that. Now during last. Sunday, uh, Tuesday show, if you happen to be listening in, you heard 
uh, a little bit of disdain coming from my callers, uh, Benny Plate and uh, Lamar Young, former teammate, you let them kind of get on me a little bit about my NFL selections. And I don't normally do this, and it had very little to do with what they had to say because it had nothing to do with the Broncos over the Raiders. I'm still going to pick the Raiders to win that game. I haven't changed on that one. I'm sticking by it, upset of the week. But the, with a little bit more information as the week has gone along, and as I said, I didn't get to watch a lot of football last week, so I missed out on some things that had occurred during some games last week. I believe on the show that I had picked Atlanta to beat Miami. Um, I know that that was my thinking at one point. I'm not sure if I stuck with it long enough to actually uh, post that on the air, but I am making a change in my prediction for that game. Come to find out, the Atlanta Falcons got really beat up in the game against the Rams last week. They won, but they had some really uh, some really key injuries, and one was their starting running back, Steven Jackson, uh, is out for this week's game. And the reason why that's significant is because Steven Jackson was bought in from the Rams to uh, solidify the run game as a power-bruising back uh, for the Atlanta Falcons. They have a, a suspect offensive line, so you would think that uh, uh, maybe a bruising, hard-running back would be able to do a little bit more. Um, Jacquez, uh, Jacquez, I believe it's back in I can't remember his last name. The backup running back, Rogers, Jacquez Rogers, that's his name, um, is a quality back. He's more on the Darren Sproles type. He's undersized, a uh, little jitterbug type. So really not the kind of back that you want but behind a suspect line. So for that reason, then I know that uh, Julio Jones or Julio Jones, however you want to pronounce it, it's Julio Jones, uh, Julio Jones uh, has, uh, is a little beat up also. But they're really deep in the wide receiver position, so I'm not as concerned about that if he's not able to go 100%. I understand that he's practicing. I'm not sure how full speed he can go, but I definitely am going to change my pick because the Miami Dolphins uh, have improved. Uh, they've uh, Tan Ryan Tannehill is doing well at quarterback, and I believe their front seven will give Atlanta fits. So I am changing my mind, and I'm moving my vote to the Miami Dolphins beating the Atlanta Falcons, they will fall with one and two, and that doesn't bode well in the NFC South. Uh, Sandy, uh, New Orleans is playing some great football. You can't afford to lose too many games. Uh, as of tonight, week three has kicked off. We've got Kansas City Chiefs playing against the Philadelphia Eagles in Philadelphia, the return of Andy Reid back to Philly. For once, I was absolutely shocked and amazed that the Philadelphia fans showed some class when Andy Reid was introduced after all of his years there, coming back as an opponent, uh, an opponent's team head coach. The Philly fans actually gave him some love. They showed him some love, gave him a standing ovation in gratitude for all the years that he did. Of course, later on in the game, when he was disputing a call, they booed him uh, like they did uh, Anybody that's come across the field. And those fans are known to be, uh, okay, the, the most classless fans in the league. Uh, they booed Santa. They booed Michael Irvin when he uh, 
had a career injury, ending uh, neck injury. Um, they're hard on their own players. They booed Michael uh, uh, Donovan McNabb when he was drafted. So those fans are, have been suspect, will be suspect, and continue to be suspect after all these years. But they showed Andy Reid some some gratitude and some respect, and that was nice to see. Again, folks, you're listening to the Motormouth Mosley Radio Show. I am your man, Motormouth Mosley, doing what I do best, running my mouth, talking a little sports. If anybody's listening in, want to call, holler at your boy. Do want to touch on a little bit of golf action that's uh, going on this week. Uh, the Tour Championship is being held here in Atlanta at Eastlake. I guess I probably could have gotten a, uh, a press pass since I am part of the uh, journalistic media, not really. I'm just a sports guy talking sports. But uh, Tiger Woods shot a 73, he's nine strokes back. A uh, bunch of guys up front. No, Adam Scott was doing well. Um, Nicholson's doing his thing, but it's not over. It's just the first round. We'll see what happens. Tiger Putter didn't make the flight. Hopefully, it'll show up tomorrow, and uh, we'll see what happens the rest of the weekend. Also on tap. And we've got a little baseball action. Baseball is winding down. At least the regular season part of it is. And most of the races have pretty much been decided at this point. Thank goodness for the wild card, which was implemented a few years ago, that still gives us something to pay attention to after all these 162 total games. I think we're through about 158, 59 with most teams. Uh, But right now, uh, getting ready to go into the playoffs, uh, it looks like it's going to be out of the American League East. It's, it's going to be the Boston Celtics. Excuse me, Boston Red Sox. At, uh, they're eight and a half games up. Atlanta, uh, the AL Central will be the Detroit Tigers, and that is just a loaded offense with some quality pitchers. Scherzer, um, Verlander, they are a loaded ball club, so they will definitely be a force when the playoffs come around. And then you got to love them. The Oakland A's winning the AL West. Uh, poor play by the Rangers down the stretch. A's get hot. They're up by six and a half games. I believe it's six and a half games over the Rangers. So more than likely they're probably going to take the division. But it's a bunch of guys that are either cast-offs or never-beens or has-beens or, or wanted-to-bees. You know, uh, Cespedes is a uh, – player who probably is a star of the team, I guess you would say. Um, Bartolo Colon has made a comeback as a pitcher for them. Uh, Coco Crisp is playing outfield. But a bunch of guys that never really had what you would really consider significant uh, Major League Baseball careers. But somehow, somewhere, I guess this is uh, Billy Ball 2 coming into fruition. They have uh, found a way to win and will be a force when it comes to the playoffs. In the wild card, you're looking at the Texas Rangers and Tampa Bay uh, uh, Rays are are in as of right now if the season ends today, but it is still so close. You've got Texas, Tampa, Cleveland, Baltimore, Kansas City, and, yes, the New York Yankees are still in it. There are only three games out of that last wild, wild card spot. Anything could happen. It would be really nice to see Mariano get a chance to uh, do his magic in the playoffs. Not that I'm a huge Yankees fan, but, you know, probably the greatest, no, not even probably, definitely the greatest 
reliever to ever pitch in Major League Baseball and one of the greatest pitchers to ever play uh, in baseball. Uh, his pitch, even at the age of 42, uh, his changeup and his uh, – uh, it's almost a screwball. It's, it, you, you still can't hit. Um, in the National League, uh, like I said, most of the races are done. Nobody, no, in fact, one is absolutely done, and that's being played. I know you're happy about this, but, yes, the Los Angeles Dodgers are in the playoffs. No ifs, ands, or buts. They've clinched the West. In the East, it's the Atlanta Braves, and they're up by nine games, so their, their magic number is probably no more than one or two. Um, in the National League Central, the tightest race in Major League Baseball right now, you've got St. Louis and Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, all within two games of winning the division. St. Louis is in the lead right now, so that would mean that uh, based on their records, uh, Pittsburgh and Cincinnati both would actually qualify for the playoffs as the National League wildcard teams. Um, So there would be three teams from the NL Central that would actually make the playoffs if they ended right now. Uh, And the only team that has anything that really can say anything about that is, is actually the Washington Nationals, and they're five games out of the last spot. So uh, it doesn't look really well for them. It's possible, but not probable. Cincinnati, Pittsburgh probably will be your, your wild cards in the, nation, in the National League. Again, you're listening to the Motor Mouth Mosley Radio Show, running my mouth, doing my thing. If you want to hit us up on Twitter, you can hit us up on Twitter at MotormouthMosley24. That's three M's on Twitter. You can hit me on my Facebook page at the Motor Mouth Mosley Radio Show. Um, of course, we do snail mail, P.O. Box 55, Rita in Georgia, 30074, and that's the Motor Mouth Mosley Man Cave. We're checking on the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles game. It's in the fourth quarter. Uh, looks like you got some helmet to helmet action going on with Jamal Charles and a DB for uh, Philly. Uh, looks like Kansas City is up 23-17. to 17. You still got a lot of ball to play. We'll see what's going to happen in the rest of that game. Uh, also wanted to take time out to give out shouts to my Major League Baseball season-ending awards. And um, it's baseball, and I know a lot of people don't really care baseball, but baseball is a great sport to watch especially if you're a real stat-oriented person and you got patience. But it's a great game if you know the ins and outs of it. It may not have as much action as some people want, but thank God it's not soccer. It's not soccer. And we had a show last week where I allowed a fantasy football fan to come on and educate me on fantasy football. I learned some things. I did a little research. I got a little bit more respect for it, but not a whole lot. But if there's anybody out there who feels the same way about soccer and is willing to come on the show, educate me on soccer, I'll be willing to listen. Can't guarantee that it will change anything, but I will listen. As for my baseball awards for for the year, in the American League, for the Cy Young Award, it's kind of – it's pretty much over. I, I, I can't see anybody else winning it. I would love to say that you, Darvish, from my Texas Rangers, should be in the running. Um, maybe one of the most dominating pitchers 
in the game right now, but just doesn't have the record to prove it, to stand behind it. So I'm going to give the American League Cy Young Award to Max Scherzer, pitcher out of the Detroit Tigers. He's 19-3, and got a 2.95 ERA, probably the only pitcher who has a chance of winning 20 games this season. So I'm definitely... I'm definitely thinking that he's the, he's the man for it. Max Scherzer, Detroit Tigers, 19-3, 2.95 ERA, 2013 Cy Young winner in the American League. Rookie of the Year, I'm going with another pitcher, Chris Archer, Tampa Bay Devil Rays. Uh, he's sitting at 8-5, and five, uh, and he's got a, but he's got a 2.81 ERA, and I think he started like 18 games. That's good. That's really good for a rookie. Um, once he learns his craft a little bit better, he's going to be even more dominating. But, yes, uh, American League Rookie of the Year, Chris Archer, Tampa. And in the tightest race uh, will be between Mike Trout of the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim or whatever they're called. Um, I would probably put Chris Chris Davis in the mix, and you cannot ignore Miguel Cabrera. He's going for the Triple Crown. He'll probably not get it just because uh, Davis is having such a great year in home runs. I think with 13 games left, he's seven behind him in home runs. He's um, ahead of him by, I believe, one or two RBIs, but in the batting average, he's like, you know, 14 points ahead of the next guy. So I'm leaning toward uh, Miggy Cabrera, but I think I'm going to go with Chris Davis. Uh, He's a former Texas Ranger. Um, They didn't have room for him to play first base. They had too many guys. They were too loaded, at least they thought. Um, He doesn't have the protection around him that Cabrera has with Fielder and some of the other players on on the Tigers. So I'm I'm definitely going to go with uh, Chris Crash Crush Davis for the Baltimore Orioles for the American League MVP 2013. So there it is. Max Scherzer, Cy Young, Chris Davis, MVP, Chris Archer, Rookie of the Year. Now, in the National League, it's a little bit more difficult. It's a little bit more difficult in the National League. There's some other players that are in the mix, especially for Cy Young, but I'm pretty headstrong with my two picks for Rookie of the Year and MVP. Rookie of the Year, I'm going to give to the man who, ever since he stepped on the the field in Dodger Stadium, in Chavez Ravine, that team has taken on a whole new personality team started playing ball that they hadn't been playing all year long. And I'm going to give it to Yasiel Puig, who was hitting over 400 at one time. He was making spectacular play after spectacular play. He is what old school guys used to call a five-tool player. And he would be a six-tool player, but sometimes his mental, uh, his mental aspects of the game and not the game aren't quite there yet. He makes some boneheaded decisions sometimes. But physically, I mean, the guy's like 6'4", weighs 240, and can fly, has a great arm, hits with power, hits with average. 
I think he has a fantastic future, and I'm giving my rookie of the year to Yasiel Pui. As for the MVP of the National League, Freddie Freeman of the Atlanta Braves should get a lot of votes. I think he should get a lot of votes. Uh, he's had a great year. He's carried the Braves when some other guys have faltered behind, but he has been the most constant player on the Atlanta Braves offense over the offseason. But I honestly can't say I can give it to him. Who I'm giving the American, the National League MVP to will be Pittsburgh Pirates' Andrew McCutcheon. Andrew McCutcheon, great baseball player, all-star, great in the community, uh, but is the backbone, the heart and soul of a Pittsburgh Pirate team that for the first time in hundreds of years, well, not really, but in a long time, for the first time in a long time, he has led them to not only a winning record, but the opportunity to actually make the playoffs, and it looks like they'll do both. So my MVP goes to Andrew McCutcheon, another 5-2 player, plays a great center field for the Pittsburgh Pirates, can run, hit, great arm, uh, did it the hard way, and just a great ball player. Um, but as I said, the hardest race, the tightest race, might be for the NL Cy Young Award. And what may happen is two players on the same team may cancel each other out. And that would be Clayton Kershaw and Zach Greinke for the Dodgers. Adam Wainwright is at a fantastic year. He's 17-9 with a 2.98 ERA, 209 strikeouts. So he's had a great year. And you may sneak in just because the other two guys will cancel each other out. Uh, Clayton Kershaw, I believe, is the rating Cy Young winner from last year has a 1.94 ERA in today's baseball. That is just unbelievable. A 1.94 ERA for a guy who is on the mound every fourth or fifth game. But he's only got a 14-9 and record. A lot of that is run support. He hasn't received it as much as he probably should, but I just can't give him the, ERA, the MVP with that type of record. So who I'm going to give it to will be Zach Greinke, who was brought over a couple of years ago from the Brewers, and he was sitting with a 15-3 and record, a 2.75 ERA, and both of those are very, very impressive numbers. He's only got 138 strikeouts, which means he's not a power pitcher like Yu Darvish or, or Kershaw. He probably can't hit 98, 99 like, like Verlander, uh, but he is, I guess, more along the lines of a Tim Lincecum. Um, not a big guy, but uh, uses every ounce and soul of his body to get the job done and is a student of the game and um, is my 2013 National League Cy Young Award winner. So to review my National League picks, that would be Zach Brinke, Cy Young, Andrew McCutcheon, MVP, and Yasiel Puig, Rookie of the Year. My two coaching picks. I did pick two coaches for Managers of the Year, and I think that all three candidates that I had in both leagues are good, viable possibilities to win it. 
I've got Donnie Baseball, Donnie Mattingly for the Dodgers. I've got Clint Hurdle for the Pittsburgh Pirates. And I've got Freddy Gonzalez of the Atlanta Braves. All three, I think, are very much deserving. I think all three have the qualifications to walk away with this award. And I will give the award to Clint Hurdle of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Again, for turning that franchise back around. They've had they've had some great years. They're very proud and historical franchise and they've fallen on some rough times over the last few years, but they've done it the right way. And I give it to Clint Hurdle for the Pittsburgh Pirates as the National League Manager of the Year. In the American League, my choices came down to Terry Francona, Cleveland Indians, Ned Yost, Kansas City, and John Farrell for the Red Sox. And it's kind of hard to think that you would put the Red Sox in this category, but they definitely struggled last year. And they've won their, or they haven't won, but they're going to win their their division this year. So it's been interesting to see who I think is the most significant of all three candidates. And as much as I would like to give it to Ned Yost for turning around the Kansas City Royals and giving them the opportunity to possibly make the playoffs, I'm giving it to Terry Francona, who has gone into Cleveland and turned that franchise uh, on their heels and are very competitive. It looks like we've got a caller on line one. Let's see if this is somebody who wants to talk some sports. Welcome to the Jim. show, Carl. How, How are you doing, sir? Well, you know, I, I speak, I'm, not, I'm not a football guy, but believe it or not, I was in Vegas. Oh, God, at the beginning of the season for fun, I put 50 bucks on uh, Cleveland to win the uh, World Series. I, I, I always do it every year. I, I didn't realize there were half a game out in there, so I, I, I put 50 bucks. I think it was, yeah, 20, I think I had 25 to 1 odds. For fifty bucks, so I, I, I could. I mean, it's kind of fun. So I, I like Frank Conan. You're absolutely right. He turned that, you know, Boston stopped listening, but it wasn't his fault. It shows that it, you know, Boston. But I, I, I want to Frank Conan. I think either this year, or next year, gets it done. He's a tough division. He's the old man in Detroit with Detroit. You know what I'm saying? I definitely, definitely agree. I think that uh, Boston, Boston was just in, in pure turmoil last year. And yep. um, for him to go down to Cleveland and, 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 and get that franchise very competitive uh, with a bunch of no-name guys, much like the Oakland A's, guys you've never heard of. So, yeah, right. I, 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 agree. I agree. Now, you said you're a football guy. We've got about uh, a minute and a half left. You want to talk some oh, football? No, you, hey, we can sir, do that. Sir, 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 you've got 15 minutes of uh, archive time. You're going to be dead in the room, but you have, you have 15 extra minutes to talk on the download. So you... You'll be dead in the room, but you'll be able to archive 15 minutes. We can talk. Okay, then. Let's do that, then. Thank you for educating me on that. You can, you can, I, I podcast. I have two podcasts. So you can go, we can go for 15 minutes into overtime, and we can have – so you have 15 minutes. Let's talk some football week three of the National League, shall we? Absolutely. Got no problem with that. Look forward to hearing what right, you got to say. Uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, Sunday, I had a church commitment – and I wasn't able to watch much football, so I'm definitely interested in what you have to say. Well, here, you know, I'm a Cowboys fan, but I do, I do follow. I mean, I, I, yes, I enjoy my Cowboys, but I follow all. I, I, I talked about it on my podcast last week, 
and, and that's the reason why I, I just I, I like Andy Reid when he played the Cowboys, and I, I he outcoached. Same thing I picked in my podcast last night that the Chiefs would beat the, the City Brothers. So, like on my opening podcast, I said, "Do you want to boost Santa Claus?" Well, guess what? Santa Claus coming to town tonight, and I'm really happy. Not because I don't I don't hate on anybody. I just I I, I like Andy Reid. They stopped listening to him, and I just think he knew Romo and our Cowboys. You know how it is, sir. We have no upfront. You can't. You can't run this. You look at how Emmett was successful and the old days. We had offensive line. You can't run with no offensive line against the Gigantics. As far as I'm concerned, they did. They didn't blitz their offensive line and they didn't do anything special. With and I was shocked. But with that thing, I just came down to Andy Reid out coaching. Uh, Nancy, and I call him Wussy Boy, and I, I I have always respect my Cowboys, but. I'm 51 years old, 52, and we've done nothing since 1995 because we have no general manager. It's well documented, and we had we had a good coach with with, but he already ignored the offensive line. I'm not a hater of Troy Romo. I just he's gotten old in the tooth, and I I wanted Mr. Mallett big time because sooner or later I replaced Tony, and I I wanted the gentleman Bry who went to the Chicklets. In the draft, and we haven't addressed that this year. In the draft this year, I would have no problem getting somebody to back up Tony because he's not going to play forever. He's not a young chicken, just like the Steelers. With uh, you know that that team is a disgrace. And tonight, the fine example no, is tonight with Steelers the Eagles. Go ahead. Steelers definitely are having some pro- some problems this year, and they've. They're showing their age, uh, absolutely. As for the Cowboys, I agree with you wholeheartedly that I, I had hoped that we would have done something along the line to look for a quarterback for the future for the Cowboys. Yep. Um, I don't know if Jerry is holding out, hoping to get Johnny Manziel, because that's the kind of splash that he would like to him. make. Is, is this Cowboys that I'm talking to? Okay, I know him, man. Good. You don't want you don't want the playboy. I'm sorry, sir. You want a guy. I want the guy from Alabama because he reminds me a lot of Troy. I'm sorry. You want the pocket kind of guy. I, I get Manziel, but you want a guy with. You look at the guy in Alabama. He's a quiet leader in Alabama. I, I get Manziel, and like I said in my podcast, you, you whatever they make, you put it in his bank account, and you get a thousand dollars a month from a credit card. But Manziel is good, my friend. But Mike, Seattle is a big, big, big pond, and Manziel would not be nothing but a distraction. You don't want that. I, I get what you're saying. I respect Manziel, but if you want someone to lead the Dallas Cowboys to next generation, you you want that guy out of Alabama, a guy that's going to be a sturdy leadership in the community. Manziel is all about being a playboy. He's a playboy in my podcast, but I, I think we're both on the same page, and we have we, well, I we don't need think- someone in between. We need somebody in between Jerry Jones and the coach. You know what I'm saying? I get yeah, Jerry Jones. Absolutely. Absolutely. We, uh, uh, bringing in a quality general manager would be a great asset to this team. There's no doubt about that. I don't right. know of there, – there's only a few names that you can throw out there that I think would demand the respect from Jerry to allow them to do what they wanted to do and right. tell Jerry hands off. That's just not going right. to happen with uh, 90, 99% right. of the guys out there. 
That is a major problem. Right. As for quarterbacks, A.J. McCarron, who was the guy out of Alabama who you were talking about, I think that for one, for one, and I've said this on my show repeatedly, that I do believe that between the media and ESPN and, and, and the big machine that basically runs college football, that he will yeah. be this year's Heisman Trophy winner. Just because right. he's going to lead them to another undefeated season, they will be back-to-back -back mm -hmm. national champions, he will be two-time national championship quarterback, and he is that goody all-American boy that you love, that you know, yep. that, that still hugs his mom, that you know, little yep. boys want to grow up to be. He is definitely in that framework of a Roger Staubach, a Troy Edmund, yep. just a good guy who's not going to ruffle too many feathers. But I always, my, my question is always, when you have a player that is on a team that is surrounded by so much talent, how good is that player when he's not around that much talent? It's easy to be good right. in Alabama when you're around greatness, especially a quarterback. You hand the ball off to Eddie Lacy, you hand the ball off to Trent Richardson, you hand the ball off to Yeldon, and voila, you're, you're great. You throw eight passes for six million yards because your wide receivers are all Americans. How good right. are you when you don't when you, aren't, when you don't have all the cards? So AJ right. McCarron, I think there's probably this unlike this past draft, I think this coming draft is going to have some great quarterbacks. You've got Teddy Bridgewater. You've got uh, Tyler like Boyd, it. you've got A.J. McLaren, you've got um, – and, and, and I am – when it comes to Johnny Manziel, I, I guess I would be categorized as one of those guys who is on his side because I think that a lot of the drama that's added, that's been promoted – and I'm, I'm your age, I'm 50, so I, I'm old yeah. school too, but I, I think I have a connection or at least I can relate to the young guys because I yep. – would wonder how I would react at age 20, winning a Heisman, having money, having fame, and having Facebook right. and Twitter and a mic in my face all the time. I'm sure right. that I would say bone things and make mistakes too. So the kids today have, and I agree with you about the credit card because I remember my freshman year in college when I was on scholarship, I got $63 a month. Right. Right. You can't do I, anything I will tell you, so I, I agree with you. my podcast. I say in my podcast, I disagree with you, the word mistake. We make choices in our, our, our life, and you live in places. Menzel has made choices. I don't believe the inadvertent. I, I big on you make good choices in your life, you live in good places. I work at a business. I have two podcasts that I pay because I make good choices with my money, and I can choose to live where I want to live. And that, these are not right. kids. These are young men that know better. Like I've said before, I call out people that use the word kids. Like I said, I, I speak to the military in my podcast. I call out to them. And I always say the I I read I read the body count every every the MIAs are killed in in action, and the 21 year old man was killed a young man was killed yesterday in Afghanistan. He's a young man. He's a he's a young man. He knows right and wrong. He makes choices. And I get that all the money stuff. But you want to be able you apply yourself in the classroom. So when you're 35 years old, you blow your knee out. I don't want to hear about your back in the in the city, the hood, the farm where you came from. Manziel is a good player, but he's just like what Terrell Owens was. was the, I call him the parasite of my podcast, was a parasite who could have been a great leader in the city, probably show. Manziel is going to be like a Tim Tebow if he gets – you don't want that. To, I, I get I – I want a guy that's going to quietly lead with his arm, who's going to lead us to the promised land, is going to be in, 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 is going to shut his mouth, 
and going to get it done like Troy Aikman did. He led the Cowboys. I, I'm an old-school guy. I, I like the Montana. The guys that lead in the locker room, just like Sanchez franchise in the candy at New York Jets, I get what he's doing college. That's fine. That Heisman Trophy, um, look at Couch. What did he do? That's a fine trophy. That will be melted down and given and, and given away for some. I don't know. But I cheer for the Lawrence of the Dallas Cowboys. I cheer, and I, and I get it. I don't wear names to back of jerseys because I'm not that person. I have a number eight jersey, a number 20 jersey with no name. You know who it is. I, the Cowboys will be around long after, long after Menzel if he is going to. So I, I look at guys, how to represent my Dallas Cowboys. And I, I cheer for that laundry, but I also enjoy all teams. And I, I do my speculations call. I pick for fun. But at the end of the day, I, I, I respect the game of football. And I think sometimes he thinks he, no one's bigger than the game. I get Manziel. Absolutely not. He's damn good. Absolutely not. But I don't. I, he thinks he's too. He thinks he's bigger than the game. He, he get off Twitter, get in the classroom, and learn something. I mean, when you want to come back to Texas A&M later, just like Pickett did in Oklahoma. But I want I, I want to ask you a question. Let's get. I, I think you know uh, Cleveland's setting themselves up for a big payday, and that's a huge draft. It's a win-win, a big thing for the the uh, the for the Colts. I think it's huge. I think you're going to have this kind of an Emmett kind of thing. Absolutely. I think, I think here's what I want to see. you got Crater Face, who was a very good offensive coordinator. You have him now in Cleveland. I think next year would be really cool if you bring that Wanstead. I would not be surprised. You mark my word. I just want you to think about for a second. People listen to us on the download. If you want Stanton, there might be some payola thing going on now, just like Peter the Cheater did and left. Watch him go to. He'll be all lined up. He'll get McCarron. They'll be they'll be one and fifteen. And guess who he takes? He'll be just like Jimmy did with Miami Hoodlums out there. And 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 you watch. He'll go to he'll go to he'll go uh, to uh, Cleveland. Yeah, I've done my my winning. I'm fine. Leave them in despair. He'll get he'll get who he wants. He'll have Crater Face in there. He'll bring Wanset. Look at the band back together without Jimmy Johnson. I think Cleveland is setting themselves up. That's a huge thing. I think it makes. Uh, I'm taking this year. I'm taking New Orleans Saints uh, in in the snowball against against uh, in the Colts this year because I think I think um, they're pissed off in, out out there in New Orleans because of what happened. And I think. Well, like, I, I think, ask you a question. I, I think the Cowboys. I think I think Jerry. I think Jerry actually missed the boat on on that whole New Orleans deal because I I was hoping that when Sean Payton because Sean Payton was was uh, yep wasn't under contract and he. Right. Has recently gotten a divorce, and his kids were up in the Dallas area. He coached in Dallas, and I yep. thought that that was prime opportunity for Jerry to pull the trigger and right or wrong because he had put all of his eggs in the Jason Garrett basket, and Sean went down to New Orleans with a lot of former Cowboys and proved that he should have been the pick. So I had hoped that Jerry would have pulled the trigger and signed Peyton on the spot and told right. Opie, where's the door? What he should have done. That's what he what should I have done is kicked Parcells upstairs as a general manager and made Par- and he made Peyton. Because if you watch some of those games, sir, you remember you'd be. I was happy Peyton left because I liked Peyton because he was getting overshadowed by by Tuna. If you watch some of those old games, ladies and gentlemen, he would make the call and he would belittle him right there on the. You watch him say, "What the f was that?" So I was happy he left because I like him and I. I I just think in New York, New Orleans, you have you have to have Mr. Goodell hand the trophy to a person that hates him the most, and that is Mr. Drew Brees. That's why I'm taking him, and I don't. I'm not either ashamed. I'm not afraid to be wrong. I'm just telling you that 
you right now that qualifies. I'm, I'm taking that's my my pick this year. Because and, and we got what the Cowboys do. If we go, if we win that division, because I think they win against St. Louis Rams. I I I, I think they go zero and three. The Skins do. I think the Giants because of Coffin wins. I think the and or I think the Eagles. I picked the Chicklets to lose. I mean, win tonight big time. Because I think they're I think they're overrated. I think I think the Eagles make a huge bad choice to have the felon in charge. They should cut them loose and put. And because right now they're, they'll be one and two, and that's three games that their future quarterback is sitting on the sidelines watching. They learn they they earn nothing eight and eight. They need to be two. They need to be three and thirteen with their future quarterback to be on the clock. Just like the Cowboys, if we go eight and eight or nine and seven, get in, we're going nowhere. I'm just saying, my Cowboys, we need someone to be a future for our Cowboys and start building for 2019. And I, we need Danny Green was a very good judge of talent. Would be a very good general manager. Your thoughts? I absolutely, I absolutely agree with that. And then, other than I have, I, I, and, and you have a right to your opinion just like everybody does, and you have a right okay. to say what you want. I wish, right. and I had a guy the other day that, that, that harped on the whole Michael Vick convict thing. I'm like, yep. you know what, get over the guy. He did what he did. He served his time. Move on already. Mm-hmm. But that's, you know, I know what he's saying. I, I know what he's saying. He, 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 he killed dogs. Three. He lied about it, made Three money, right? To each his own. But he, and he went to jail and he served his time. It's a privilege, not a right to play in the NFL. It's a privilege. I'm just telling you. And no one held a gun to anyone's head and said that they had to sign him. A team on their own will decided to sign him and give him a chance to play. And no team would have done that if they didn't think he would help them win. That, what has he done since he's what's he done what's he done in the NFL? He's done nothing. He did nothing to the Eagles and nothing with them. There's a whole lot of guys Vegas. who've done nothing. Has he won a Super Bowl? Has he won a Super Bowl? Has he won a Super Bowl? There's guys who beat their wives. There's guys who will do everything else. Why? I mean, he's done nothing. You know he's done nothing. You do a crime. You, you do a crime. You go to jail and you serve your time. He did it. What? He's a convicted felon. He's like, I don't care. I will. I will call out the felon. The Egos are wasting time with the felon. He's done nothing. He throws ISDs. And we're wasting our time with a non-felon. So what's the difference? Well, let's talk football. Let's not talk law. I am. I am. I, I, I no, am. He's, you're a, not. he's in football. He's a football he's player. A and leave it at You have a right to your opinion. Football. He killed okay. dogs. He lied about made money. Okay. And he's going nowhere. Uh, and he went to jail and served his time. Move on. Yeah. And he, I, I moved on, but every time I refer to him, he's a felon. You You're still wallowing in it. You're still wallowing in it. I mean, it's history. You won. I moved I mean, on. I just I refer to him as a felon. He's a convicted felon. I call him every time I show. He is a felon. He's a dog. Uh, that's what I said. That's what, he that's is. what I said. Yeah. He's a disgrace. He's a disgrace to football. Yes, I'm sorry, oh. but I will speak for the animals. I he killed dogs. He lied about made money, and now he's now he's being rewarded for bad behavior. It's like pumpkin ball. He's, 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 he's earned everything. He's earned every he's opportunity. Earned he's, he's earned nothing. He's earned nothing. If somebody, he's if somebody is willing to pay him, he's if somebody is he's willing to pay him, you can say nothing all you want. He's done nothing. I will give you my opinion. your opinion. He should prepare the state. On your show, you can be as combative as you want. On my show, we have respect. We allow people to have their opinions to a point. And then we move on. 
Uh, there's no respect for it for a felon. Oh, oh, that, that, that's fine. Move on. Next subject. On your show, you yep. can have fun. On my show, we're not. He's a waste of time. We, we'll talk to the Cowboys. We're going to go nowhere until we get a general manager. That's the that's the bottom line. Is I mean, I mean, you might as well bring the convicted felon and go three and thirteen. I mean, you might as well. I mean, I mean, I mean, Romo is Nancy boy. He's done nothing with the Cowboys. He's he's got all the weapons. We have no offensive line. And he, he what has he done? He's done nothing. He's he's a pretty boy. And I get it. You got willpower. I'm definitely not a ro- I'm definitely not a Romo Romo fan either. Um, I don't hate him. I'm definitely not. I don't hate him. I don't hate him, but I definitely think that if we're going to talk football, let's talk about what Dallas should have done and why do we have a backup who is probably the last thing we want to see is Romo get hurt because I don't want to see Kyle Orton on the field. I would have rather seen Taney or uh, Stephen McGee or someone else get groomed to take over the position in time. But, no, we keep putting all our eggs in one basket or a basket and a half, and I think that is just, you know, that's just a scary with a, with a suspect offensive line. Your time is running out. you got yeah. about 30 seconds. I'll, I'll talk to you later. Have a good yeah, show. I see that. You have a blessing. It's been a, it's been a blast. Thanks for calling in, Cal. I'll call in and ruin your show one night. Uh, have a later, blast.